This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Ragnarok Athletic Club. Ragnarok Athletic Club will be hosting its first ever summer youth camp in Grand Forks. From 6 to 8 p.m. on June 22nd at Cushman Field, Ragnarok coaches and athletes will be taking kids entering grades K-8 through through some of the best events track and field has to offer. Try out pole vault, javelin, relays, and so many others. All athletes will receive a Team Ragnarok t-shirt. Cost is $25. Register now by visiting Ragnarok Athletic Club's Facebook page or visiting their Instagram. Once again, Ragnarok Summer Youth Camp, June 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. See you then. Are you looking for a fun way to break up your summer training and meet new people passionate about running? We have the running camp for you. Let's celebrate summer with the first annual Northwoods Cross Country Camp, August 1st through the 6th, 2021. This is not a run. This is a camp for runners. Activities will include rock climbing, river kayaking, mountain biking, high ropes courses, and much more. And of course, some run. Everyone is welcome. There will be training for beginners and experienced runners. For more information, visit www.runningadventures.org to register. Finally, thank you to Draymond Enterprises. Draymond Enterprises, innovation reimagined. In episode 26, the season two finale, Cam and I spent some time talking about my recent decathlon in Dallas, Texas, about some of the schedule changes to the North Dakota High School Athletic Association state meet schedule, which includes cross country and track, and looking at some of the highlights from season two. Thank you so much for all of your support. We really appreciate it. Continue to like us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, do all those great things, tell your friends about it. But enough about us. Let's get started with this week's episode and finale of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. This is the last episode of Season 2. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Ring. And yeah, end of the season. Like, it came up so fast. It started with Becky Wells way back in January, February? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And been... yeah, we've made it all the way now to June. So is there any like one highlight that stands out from this season for you? Man, I, I really like doing the, the state meet preview. That was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, just to talk about something that was recent and uh, relevant, like presently, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of excitement between you and me and Nate. Uh, so that was, that was a total blast. Uh, it's, always, it's always great talking to somebody like Becky or uh, Mike Backey's, uh, like people, who, whose stories we hadn't really heard before, we maybe knew mm-hmm. of, but hadn't, didn't really know a lot about them. So looking forward to having more episodes, like, like all of those, you know, in the future. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think if I had a highlight, it'd probably have to be either the Madeline Strandamo interview, same thing, we didn't really know too much about her. Yeah. Got to, and she's crushed it this outdoor season. So fun to kind of give our viewers 
our listeners a chance to hear her story and then see her success. And the Alex Talley one was really good too. So I laughed so hard throughout that episode. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I enjoy every episode that we record, uh, but even like listening back to some episodes, uh, it's, it's like almost just as fun listening back to some of the things I was, I was cracking up listening to like the state meet preview. I, I, I don't know, maybe I just think I'm hilarious, you know, confident in my own <laughs> comedy, but, but now, now I, I listened to it on the way down to the meet, you know, and I was just like, yeah, let's go state meet time. So, uh, hopefully everybody else, uh, enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed listening to myself. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. So Ryan, so I saw, I mean, you've been competing more. You're kind of on a roll. You were down in Texas. Uh, you had shared a post from, from Curtis Beach, who was a world world championships indoor qualifier in the multi. Uh, he post had posted some pictures of, of you and the other decks down there. And it, it looked like uh, you guys just had a, a great time. You know, the, the camaraderie between decathletes is, is really something special. Uh, so I, you know, you're rocking the Ragnarok kit all the way down in Texas, got some mm-hmm. exposure. Uh, so just, yeah, tell us, tell us about your time down in, in Texas. Dude, quick note on the Ragnarok kit. This guy stops me, one of the meet officials, he looks at the jersey, he goes, oh man, that's in Virginia, right? It's like, no, it's in uh, North Dakota. He's <laughs> like, oh man, well, I'm pretty sure there's a Virginia like distance runner group that has that same club name. So I don't know what the heck is with that. I don't know if we're going to have to start some beef with them, but I, I did get some recognition for the right or the wrong reasons. All right. Well, no press is bad press, right? Yeah. Yeah. But no, like overall, it was a great experience. I did not compete that well. I was actually pretty disappointed in how I competed. You never want to end the season on a, quote-unquote bad note I would say that I did that so I probably made it even more tough to swallow but the meet was awesome called Texas greatest athlete there were 18 decathletes which like is a pretty decent sized field and some studs Solomon Simmons uh eighth place at 2019 worlds in the decathlon um quite a few former all-americans Wolf Mahler who was an all-american at Texas um Curtis Brondike D3 All-American who's gone on to represent the U.S. in several Thorpe Cups. Scott Phillip, who's was an All-American at Rice. I mean, the list goes on, just a bunch of studs. And a few guys I'd competed against before that it was fun to go out there and get after it with them again. But the meet, like you said, the camaraderie was next level. You're competing against these guys, sweating it out, duking it out. But at the end of the day, you all want to see each other succeed. And it was really fun to get to meet some of these guys, compete at an awesome facility and watch some of these guys get ready for the Olympic trials, kind of gear up, get a last tune up meet in. And, um, yeah. I mean, I could, I could honestly go on and on like Tim Wunderlich, 34 years old, still getting after it. He coaches at Dartmouth. I competed against him like three or four years ago. And I remember thinking, who is this old guy? And no way he can hang with us. And he kicked our butts then. He kicked my butt again this time too. Um, and just to be able to like pick his brain between events and ask him some of the, 
you know, about his wisdom. And uh, Chris Helwick, 36 years old, wow. still getting after it. He's going to be competing in the trials in a couple of weeks to be able to watch him do his thing. Like it was, it was a great experience, a great meet. And then the best part was when it was all said and done uh, at the end of day two, the meat directors put on like a pasta dinner for us. Wow. So we all like sat down at this long table and as if like the camaraderie wasn't enough, we like shared a meal together and it was, it was fun. It was a really great experience. Yeah, that man, that's awesome. That, Ryan, you're, you're a professional athlete, you know, I did, I did not, I did not compete like a professional athlete, <laughs> but so, I mean, how cool, how cool is that? that track is a sport where uh, if you're committed and dedicated and can like prove yourself, you have opportunities to compete, you know, as a, as a professional athlete with all these guys who are going to be at the trials and, you know, uh, not anybody can just like hop in an NHL hockey game or no one can just hop in an NHL hockey game or, you know, hoop with LeBron in the NBA or anything like that. So um, just, you know, you staying committed to, to what you like to do and, and honestly what you're good at uh, and just going for it down there. I think uh, so I have the post that I kind of mentioned from Curtis Beach. He, he wrote in the caption, crazy how so many found creative ways to train while maintaining full-time jobs, often without access to facilities and coaching. There are stories of doing sprint workouts in the street, filling up a kiddie pool with sand to practice long jump, using heavy household items for lifting and explosive work, uh, and tons of hopping fences to lock down tracks. Uh, were, were any of those that he mentioned you run over this last year? Okay, so the, the kiddie pool with sand, I didn't do that, but I had talked about it and I brought it up to him. I said, next year, if I don't have a place to long jump in the winter, I'm going to have to fill up a kiddie pool of sand. So that one is like a futuristic idea. That was my idea. Actually, it was the idea of another teacher that I trained with here at Valley. <laughs> um, but no, we, I got to sit down with Curtis and just talk training with him about some of the different things. And it's amazing the resiliency of some of the people in that group, just what they were able to do this year. It was a weird year for everyone. And it doesn't matter if you see guys on Instagram that look like they've had the perfect training setup. They haven't. Nobody has. In fact, here's a fun story. Uh, a guy I competed against in California a couple weeks ago, traveled with him, split a rental car. His name's Andrew Gazone. He went to high school with Sydney McLaughlin, right? Yeah. And so he, he knows them well. He's, visits them, talks to them regularly. And you look at their Instagram and it looks like Sydney and her brother Taylor, who still competes too, it looks like they've got the perfect setup and they don't, they have had to be, they've had to hop tracks at 6am before school starts so that they can get in their workouts on the track and get off before anyone sees them. And this is a silver medalist at the 2019 world champs. So the fact that people still stay committed and we still saw a lot of great times this year across the board, it just goes to show that if you want it bad enough, you can still get after it. Yeah. And you'll make That's it work. Great. Ryan, did, did you and Curtis Beach have a connection over your, your past in distance running? No, but uh, we did have a, we have always had this connection. So my first decathlon coach 
uh, Daniel Gorris, who was at NDSU, um, is good friends with Curtis. They grew up together. They were in the same track club growing up, and Curtis was actually Coach Gorris's best man at his wedding. So Boy. we have that connection. Um, yeah, Curtis is a great guy. He's hilarious. It's fun to get to know him better. And yeah, like I said, great opportunity. Making connections. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Not, no. not, not the season ender that you had dreamed of, but, you know, a lot of good things learned and a great experience had. So, oh, yeah. Proud of you, man. And come back again whenever the next opportunity presents itself, right? Yeah, definitely. Now, while I was in Texas, one thing that I didn't get to see was you compete at Cedar Run. Yeah. Uh, if you're new to the podcast or if you've been living under a rock, um, uh, last Friday we had the uh, Cedic Run Mile Extravaganza. Um, it was good. We brought good, maybe one of the, the best groups of athletes together uh, in the history of, of the race on an extremely hot day up in Grand Forks. Um, little change of venue this year. We did it at uh, on the campus of UND at Memorial Field. Uh, they're starting to do renovations, so it's there's a little bit of construction and stuff going on. It was a pretty blue collar type environment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we had, I mean, Nadir Youssef, who's a V2 All-American in the 10K, uh, Lucas Nelson from South Dakota State, uh, who, um, you know, part of multiple Summit League cross-country team champs. And um, I think he, he had run like a, 340, like around 350 or maybe under 350 for the 1500. I think he had a seat time of 347 coming in. So yeah, three 347 in the 1500. Uh, of course, you know, North Dakota's sweetheart Alex Bartholomew was there. Uh, Fargo South Bruins very own Munir uh, was there as well. He just came off a big sub four. Uh, 1500 meter PR, you know, at his season at Concordia. So, I mean, we, we had some dudes, we had some guys, I mean, that's, that's not even including um, uh, the West Fargo Cheyenne guys, Jacob Canodal, Caden Johnson, Aiden Johnson, Fargo North guy, uh, freshman Owen Sondag, uh, who are all, you know, sub 420 or around their PRs. Um, so it, it was, it was a great group great group of guys that we had in, in the elite heat and I was there and uh, just talking to some of the guys before it's like uh, the goal is obviously to run fast we're trying to set records set meet records set stadium records and set the North Dakota soil record um, but kind of the feeling was you know, everyone was there it was hot no one wanted to everyone wanted to run fast but they wanted somebody else to take it so in my head I'm like I just gotta it's got to be me. So uh, had a great start, got off the line probably as, as good as I ever have and uh, took them through in like 62, 63 through 400, 409, right, right around 412 pace, uh, which is, which would have been broken the meat record. Mm -hmm. uh, got them through maybe like 750 and then they blew by me and I was pretty much cooked. Uh, not, not in nearly as good of shape as I, as I hoped, uh, I think maybe I would have had a chance to run maybe like 422, 425 if I had run like my own race. But 
you should have should have taken the over on number of high schoolers to beat me. I only beat one high schooler in the <laughs> whole race. Um, so yeah, I got I got waxed. Uh, but but it was a great time. Kind of kind of backtracking a little bit. I mean, the women's uh-huh. race before uh, Maddie Van Beek, who's from from Perm, but has been living and training in Fargo, and you know since she went to college at NDSU, um, Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon. But man, she's got range. Uh, Annika Rotvold was in the race, and and Megan Ford as well, just coming off of uh, two big state titles. Um, Annika, I mean, I think I took the boys out in like 31 or 32 through mm-hmm. 200. Uh, Annika Rotvold uh, led them out in about the same. I think they came wow. to 232. So so they were not afraid to get after it. Um, and, and Maddie, Maddie went and took the lead, maybe 500 meters in and never looked back, just kept pushing, pushing. Uh, and we set our Cedic run mile extravaganza. We, we set our first soil North Dakota soil record. Uh, Maddie Van Beek just crushing, uh, broke a, a 30, 30 plus year record from, from Becky Wells. Uh, so 442, uh, incredible to to finally get one after five five years or five times doing the event six years uh, mm-hmm. we got our first our first soil record so that was that was huge dude and that's like that's been the whole point like we've wanted to set those records and yeah we're do we're 50 percent there yeah exactly it's i mean it, what makes it even more impressive uh is just like really like the weather was was not conducive like not what you would call like a, a great day it was very hot mm-hmm. um the wind the wind wasn't too bad so that was that was pretty pretty special you know you don't run into that very often but they actually they rushed they rushed the start of the women's race because there was some like severe weather that was popping up on the radar uh-huh. so the women the women just get on the line you know they psh, go and maddie sets the record uh, only like two seconds off her PR. I don't know if she's raced a mile in, in maybe a year and a half or two years, you know, doing more 5K and, and way up to the marathon stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and all, the, all the ladies get across the finish line and then like instantly it, the wind kind of starts swirling and you just see rain just coming down. So everybody, oh. you know, the, the, the men are like tart, starting to like lace up their spikes. We, we said we didn't want to go early just because of warm ups and stuff, but we're all huddled under the CDIC run tent that we're literally holding it down. Like people are holding on to the tent, holding it down. And you know, I look over at, at Richard Defoe and I'm like, you know, like, we just wait, like, do we go out and still just run this guy's race in the, in the rain? Like, what do we do? So we waited like five minutes it, and just as quick as it started, it stopped. Uh, it cleared up. All the guys like had their spikes on, so we're like looking around, like, oh, guess we gotta gotta do this, you know. And uh, set another meet meet record. Ended up setting that meet record for the for the men's mile. So um, we're we're inching down ever so slowly on the guys' side, you know. It's gotten mm-hmm. faster every single year. And I mean, one benefit of getting dropped as hard as I did is I got to got to kind of take it in. You know, Nadir, uh-huh. Nadir was leading with 200 to go. 
Lucas was right on his shoulder. You know, it ended up being a really, a really good race between those two. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty special. I was about like 300, I was a hundred meters behind. So I, was, I had like 300 to go when I see them round in the corner uh, with 200 to go. And there was this off in the distance, a massive like bolt of lightning that struck right as they like started to kick. It was, I, I, I wish somebody had gotten a picture of it. Cause it was, it was just, it would have been an awesome picture. Yeah. But glad everybody was safe. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, Cedic Run Mile, extravaganza. We're, we'll be back at Cushman next year, hopefully. And uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen going forward? So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. We're slowly building that race up, getting a little bit more clout each year. And yeah, yeah hopefully we keep seeing more and more people join us. So, moving on into uh, some other track stuff we really don't have too many big meets left i mean there's the big big meet the olympic trials which we will have a handful of north dakota athletes competing at but today actually as we're recording this and tomorrow june 10th we've got some ndsu bison that are representing the great state of north dakota at the ncaa championships in eugene oregon today we've got the men's throwers competing so we've got benji phillips who's a javelin thrower We've got Christoph Thompson. He is from Denmark, shot put thrower. And then yes, sir. West Fargo's very own Alex Talley, who we've had on the pod, who I just mentioned a little bit ago. So yeah. what are we hoping to see out of those men tonight, Cam? I mean, I think, I think all of those guys are, are hoping to be come away with all the first team All-American honors. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Tally was was ranked both in the hammer and in the shot and came up a little short at regions in the shot. Um, so I'm sure he's fired up, just really wanting to to let it fly in the hammer tonight. Um, you know, I though the NDSU throwers, man, they they never cease to amaze me. And I'm not even surprised anymore when they do something that seems impossible or, you know, like Tally, Tally's the king. What do we call him when we had him on? The king of king multiple of foot PRs. Yeah, you know? king of massive PRs. You know, so that this kid could, who knows? You know, by the end of today, we could be, we could have a, could have had a, a national team on the, on the pod. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just wait and see. Hopefully, hopefully the coverage is good. I haven't looked, I, I think they usually have like a, a separate field events stream. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we can tune in and, and watch them. And, and Benji's been throwing lights out. I mean, we were roommates with him for, for a year and dude, I, all that dude knows is how to work hard. Um, he, when we lived with him, he was coming back off of surgery and an injury. And, um, he was just always, always in the, always in the gym, always in the track, doing what he needed to do to get healthy and, um, just wicked, wicked talent, that kid. So. Hopefully you can stay relaxed, let it fly. And same with Christopher, um, you know, never, never count out the bison throwers. Uh, you know, Justin, while we still got him, you know, <laughs> he's, he's done a great job with, with those guys and, and really gets them ready to, to peak at the right time. So I think, I think they're ready to let it, let them fly tonight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then tomorrow on the women's side, we've got a pretty good crew. We've got Shelby Gunnels throwing the shot put. We've got Maddie Nealis throwing the hammer. And then two North Dakota natives, Carrie Wolf throwing the javelin. 
making her NCAA championships debut. And Akili Moten, mm-hmm. hopefully going to regain her um, first-team All-American status that she would have earned back in 2019. She'll be competing yeah. in the javelin and the shot put. And I think we can expect the same things. I think all of those athletes would be disappointed if they weren't first-team All-Americans. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, man, Ryan, do you think it is Akili like the only person you've ever heard of who does the javelin shot put double? That's got to be like super rare, right? Yeah, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that does both. You know, you hear shot put hammer, shot disc. We saw Peyton Otterdahl do that a few years ago, but javelin shot put and to be ranked so high in each of them mm-hmm. that's yeah that's pretty pretty unbelievable yeah i and to, th- and to think that she started her collegiate athletics career by playing basketball at the university of north dakota yeah crazy crazy how stuff like that works out i was i was talking to uh caden pastion the class b uh, champion in the in the discus and the shot put. I was talking uh-huh. to his dad at the state meet, just about like how how did how did Caden get into into track and um, his sister was a jumper. She jumped at U Mary and stuff. And so growing up, he always wanted to be a jumper, you know. And then had a coach once that said something to the effect of like, "Man, you your hands are huge. Like you would be great at the discus," you know. And then. It almost almost like randomly found that a event other than the one that he was trying to do was his main event, the one that he was actually best at. And you know, I think you see that a lot in track. I mean, you never you never know how good somebody could be at track if they're a, like a real athlete. Um, you know, just like Akili, like really good basketball player. You know, was playing D one basketball, um, and and was a good thrower. You know, out of high school too, but. Uh, when she really like focused on, on the track events, you know, obviously one of the best, best in the nation. So I'm really excited to see her. She, she's always just a tough, tough competitor. Uh, I've never, you know, the couple times that I've watched her, I've never like questioned whether she was going to show up and, and give it, you know, be able to perform on the day. So um, super pumped for to watch the Bison ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be good. Now, to cap this thing off, right before we started recording, you dropped some bombshell news on me. It was pretty big. Yeah. As this is almost the perfect transition into season three, because these are going to be some changes we see right away with this fall's North Dakota cross country season. What break the news to us? Yeah. So from, from Dom Izzo uh, on Twitter, uh, the North Dakota High School Athletics Association has announced some tournament changes for, for the upcoming year. Uh, the first one that will take effect that pertains to, to us and the podcast, uh, state cross country is going to be a two-day event. Uh, so the Class B boys and girls will be on Friday, and the Class A boys and girls will be on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in the past, if, if you're not familiar, in the past, they've done it all on the same day with um, alternating class A like in the morning and then like a larger break and then class B in the afternoon or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, what, what are your thoughts about 
about this change just kind of kind of briefly good bad a little bit of both i personally am not a fan i think it says something when you got everybody on the same day when the atmosphere is just all about cross country you do a, maybe class a in the morning class b in the afternoon but there's just like a a really prolonged buzz on that day now the one thing that comes to mind right away is you don't get to see that comparison of class a and class b quite the same you might have totally different race conditions on one day versus the other when the races are an hour apart you get to see how do these runners stack up against each other regardless of where they're from but all of a sudden when you start throwing in different days different conditions different times changes traveling so many different factors i just don't think this is a great change now prove me wrong all right prove me wrong north dakota high school athletic association but right off the top of my head i can't say i was super excited to hear this yeah i i just don't know what uh what like benefit it brings to the sport you know maybe maybe the idea is well we have this large break in between the events like it the way that it was previously set up was kind of set up to give a chance for all the class a teams to kind of filter out uh and the fans to leave and then all the class b teams because because the state cross country meet is um the number of participants in it at one time is is probably the second biggest participated in state event next to like the state track, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I suppose from like that standpoint, uh, like logistically it might smooth things out uh, cause you're not dealing with like teams coming in and coming out at the same time and trying to shuffle. Um, the change that I would have liked to see is, is completely like getting rid of like the break though. Like, like just, just jam them together. Bring the Class A and the Class B state races closer together. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that would have looked like, let's go uh, boys B, then boys A, then girls B, then girls A, you know, or like something like that. Or if you would still do A boys, A girls, B boys, you know, B girls or whatever the order, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, we're, I'm just – I, I don't know. I would like to, I'd like to know more uh, about why, why. And, uh, you know, there's, there's obviously limitations about, about what, you know, facilities like golf courses or wherever the meets are being hosted can and can't do uh, in terms of total people and, and athletes. But um, yeah. Well, at, at, at the end of the day, let's, let's be real. Every decision involves the dollar sign. So there's got to be some economic factor that we're missing, but right, right away, not a huge fan. But maybe the one that is more important, maybe not even more important, but that's just going to affect more people because there's more participants. What about the spring track schedule? What is the state meet schedule going to look like in 2022? Yeah, I mean, we kind of referenced this in our state preview. We had said uh, they're not going to change the – they're not going to change the state meet, you know, it's been the same for 70 years, but uh, same source Dom Izzo tweeted just today, uh, you know, North Dakota state state track meet uh, will now be a three day event. 
it will go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, and, and what he adds here is that uh, there's going to be some featured field events on Thursday night. Uh, what exactly that means, I don't know. Yeah. Will there only be the featured field events on Thursday night? Will we have uh, a four by four prelim on Thursday night along with these, um, you know, featured field events? I know when we were talking about the meet before, you had kind of suggested that, like, we got to get rid of all the heats of the four by four. We just uh -huh. we have to end it with with finals. Yeah. So, so potentially, you know, there will be uh, the benefit of we'll we'll get that. But aside aside from that one event, Ryan, uh, again, just a lot of question marks uh, about why and what benefit it brings the event. Um, okay. Well, same thing. If we're talking money, teams are going to be in town for three days now instead of two. Mm -hmm. um, that's two nights in a hotel room instead of one. Uh, I guess you should, you're showing up the night before the meet. Three nights in a hotel room instead of two. But I just wish that they would provide more clarity on that one. Like the cross-country one, okay, we know that there's going to be Class A on one day, Class B on another. But when you talk featured field events, that's so vague. you got to give us more info. Does that mean we're going to pick and choose? Like this year we had an outstanding class A boys pole vaulter and an outstanding class B boys shot put and discus thrower. Does that mean they're going to decide, well, those two are, are featured or like, yeah. why are some events getting more featured than others? You know, that's one thing that I don't like either. Why is it fair that we're featuring, you know, a class B shot put over a class B boy shot put over a class B girl shot put. Yeah. That's just, I wish they would have given a full picture of what this would look like before announcing the changes. Yeah. I mean, potentially they're, you know, maybe they're saying something kind of like what the U S trials does is uh, the Olympic trials and the U S champs. Usually, you know, they have a, a specific session for the hammer throw because mm -hmm. usually the hammer throw gets relegated to, to some, you know, sector way off in the distance. And yeah. so they, they set aside a, a time so they can safely throw the hammer in the middle of the stadium. Um, so, so maybe it's something like that, but man, I, I mean, I, so I, I appreciate the effort from that aspect because the field events are, are crazy and, and do need, I think a little bit more of the limelight, but yeah, I mean, just watching the pole vault, let's take, let's take the class A boys pole vault for an example. Mm -hmm. Watching the pole vault this year, they had it in the middle um, of the stadium. Everyone was there on on the day that you know everyone everyone's going to be there on Saturday because that's when all the finals are in. Yep. You know, and and the announcers and the people running the meet had the knowledge enough and and the awareness to point out like, hey, here's Jack Erlacher. He's going for the state meet record. Everybody, pay attention to this. Um, and, and the whole crowd, would, you know, is already filled. The stadium was filled, you know, got behind him and, and got to participate in that, that special event. Um, are people going to show up in the same numbers on a Thursday? For, you know, like, like if, you, if you like the field events already, you're probably going to be there or paying attention regardless. But 
if you don't know about the field events, you're not going to show up on the night of you know, Thursday. I just don't know, man. Unless, I, like, I'm a, yeah, and you know what? There's people smarter than us that are making these decisions. At least I hope. Um, but yeah. who knows? Maybe Parade of Athletes is Thursday now, and that brings people to the stands to watch the they, featured events. You know, yeah, something, they haven't, something like that. They haven't even done the Parade of Athletes for the last, like, three state track meets, though, right? No, they did Parade of Athletes this year. No. Yeah, they did. Are you sure? 100%. I was there. You must have missed it then, because now I saw, I saw pictures. I, because I, I, yeah, okay, well. They, you're right. They didn't they, do it for a long time, but they did bring it back. They brought it back. Okay, all right. Well, yep. maybe I was a little bit late on day one, but. Um. There, truth comes out now. Yeah. All right. But you know what? At the end of the day, you mentioned that we had already mentioned that they could make it a three-day meet and fix some of the prelims, semifinals, finals. So, I mean, we got to be flattered, right? Because that means somebody from NDHSAA is listening to this yeah. podcast, which NDHSAA, if you're listening to this podcast, why didn't you give us a state media pass? Yeah. Why didn't we get media credentials to the meet? There, I said it. I said yeah. it. I wasn't. I wasn't even gonna bring that into the limelight, but there it is. Yeah. Change that, yeah. or we should maybe take back that we wanted a three-day meet. You know. Oh man, I don't know. We'll, we'll apparently have to get on some board and some committee, and then next year we can get a media pass. But yeah, maybe. Oh well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still pretty wary about this three-day because, I mean, when I saw that, the only things I could think of for like needing to turn into a three-day meet were uh, prelims in the 800, add prelims in the 800 and prelims for the four by four, um, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because mm. like this year for class A boys, there was three heats of the 800. That's a lot of heats. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, the, the chances of that this year was kind of special. You know, the chances of having that again, I think, are pretty, pretty rare. Um, so I think maybe, I don't know, it's tough to say. Well, you know, honestly, we probably would have been upset, whatever they would have decided. I was going to say the move probably would have been to make the qualifying standards more difficult if, if that's what you want to do, you know. Um, but, you know, we probably would have been mad about that, too how it was, you know, limiting opportunities and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, like I said, hopefully they've got a big, bigger, better plan that we don't see yet. And it uh, proves us wrong. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the breaking news credit to uh, Dom Izzo again. So, yeah. And, and Nate Peterson for the retweet. Yeah. Well, Cam, <laughs> Like we mentioned earlier, this is it for season two. It's been a lot of fun. What are your plans for the summer? Like, what are you going to do with a little time away from the recording studio? Oh, man. <clears throat> Got to get back to the mileage. You know, mm -hmm. if, if the Cedic Run mile showed me anything, it's I need to run more. <laughs> I'm not in super great shape right now. But uh, summer is, is a great time to do some exploring, you know, find some new trails. Uh, within within the state hoping to to drive out on some weekends or even some weeknights to find some cool new places to run 
uh, and hopefully link up with some of our some of our North Dakota based uh, distance athletes in one way or another. So, I mean, if you're if you're a high schooler just graduating high school, or you know somebody who's like me out of college or somebody who's in college and you, you want somebody to run with or uh, you want to drop me on a run, you know, DM me and, and I'd love to try and uh, work something out. I know last year we got a big group of guys and girls together to do a long run uh, out in Holly one Saturday. So I mean, that would be fun to do again this year. Um, so yeah, shoot me any ideas or any availability and um, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's make it happen. You know, uh, if you haven't got a sticker yet, come run a couple miles with me and I'll get you a sticker. So, <laughs> dude, I saw we had stickers put on people's cars recently. So yeah, we, not, just to clarify, we didn't go around putting them on people's cars. No. We gave stickers to people and those people then went and put stickers on their car. So, yeah. Yeah. So word of mouth. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Ryan? You got you going to take a little break now? I mean, you got a you got a pretty big event coming up uh, later this summer. Yeah, I mean to address the big event. Yep, getting married this summer. You're in the wedding, so it'll be fun. Have you have you gotten fitted for your suit yet? I'm going to call you out in front of everybody. I'm doing it as soon as we get done here. No wow! Lie. No wow! Lie. Okay, okay, hold you to it. Sweet. So got that coming up. And as far as training goes, I'm going to take some time off. I just have a few nagging injuries that we got to let heal and kind of get the mind right a little bit. And I want to really be present for my wedding and a few other things that are going on this summer. So Good. taking a little bit of a break and then we'll be ready to get after it again. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out another episode of the Prairie Track and Field podcast. Follow us on social media. Even though we might not be posting a ton of episodes this summer, you'll still be able to follow us. Check out all of our live updates, give you the latest info on all things North Dakota track and field and cross country. And who knows, there might even be a special bonus episode coming out. So confirm or deny, Cam? I'll just say you won't want to miss it. All right, so please stay tuned. Thank you so much for your support. Like us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, do all that good stuff, tell your friends about it. And until next time, thanks for listening.